today on this daily word. Today we'll be in Galatians 2, and uh, we'll start in verse number 9, where it says, When James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived that grace was given unto me, they gave me and, and uh, Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. I'm just going to pause there for a minute. James, Cephas, and John. You say, well, who are they? I, I believe Cephas there is Peter. It's unclear why Paul refers to him as Cephas here instead of Peter, as he mentioned Peter just a couple of verses back, and he's going to mention him again. But um, but James, Cephas, and John uh, very clearly have been pillars throughout uh, the, up to this point in the Book of Acts, uh, pillars in Christ's ministry. They were the inner three, and uh, and so I believe it's it's that there are some arguments that this Cephas is somebody else, um, but it kind of becomes kind of strange um, for to not name the apostles here uh, and uh, as as a pillar. But uh, he says that there were pillars. They perceived the grace that was given unto me, and they gave me and Barnabas the right hand. This is really interesting. Uh, the, these pillars, these leaders in the early church there, perceived the grace. And uh, the word there, uh, perceived, uh, by the way, it's far more advanced than even many theologians today who don't perceive that grace was given to Paul separately than that was given to, to Peter and the others. It's kind of interesting. But the word there, perceived, it means to know by experience. It's much deeper than the modern way we use it. It's kind of gotten weak. But in, in, uh, in 1611, uh, when it was translated, the understanding was much closer in the word, and it really means to thoroughly capture, to know by experience. And notice that the words grace given to me really aligns perfectly with the idea that the gospel was given to Paul by revelation. The grace, the gospel of grace given to Paul by revelation. They noted it. This was something that was entrusted with him, given to him by revelation. Um, and uh, by the way, it's helpful to, to capture this idea, to perceive as they perceived, uh, with the understanding that, uh, that this, uh, this trio uh, gave the right hand of fellowship to Paul and Barnabas. Uh, it means that they, uh, they accepted them into this uh, family of God, if you would, and uh, said, yeah, we acknowledge you guys as legitimately following the Lord Jesus Christ. And and uh, it's really interesting the way this lays out. If, if their message was different, yet they didn't accept it, they wouldn't have given the right hand of fellowship. And, uh, and what's interesting is if it was the same, then we have an issue here because it says this, uh, gave to me uh, the right hand of fellowship, uh, that we should go to the heathen, uh, meaning the non-Jew, the, the ethnos, and they unto the circumcision, the Jew. Now, if this was just the same, then why would they be disobeying the Great Commission when it says, unto all the uttermost parts of the world? Um, I think it's very important to understand that God at this point had a different work uh, to be done with the Jewish people still at this point. I believe uh, the gospel or the, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, the kingdom invitation, the kingdom message was still going on. In fact, even the end of Colossians, uh, Paul references a couple of uh, Jewish believers that were with him, who, and he says they only have been my co-laborers in the kingdom work. The kingdom work, even though he lists all these other guys that were serving faithfully with him, he said these two who were Jewish were a part of the kingdom work. There was something different going on with the Jewish nation. And so he's going to the heathen, the uttermost parts of the world. Uh, uh, um, uh, psalm 2, that messianic uh, psalm, uh, God says to the Son, Ask of me, I'll give thee the heathen 
for thine inheritance and the uttermost for thy reward. That's that's that was uh, why Christ came, and he had given that to Paul then to give it to the Gentile church, if you would, or the heathen church uh, who, who would be saved and, and, and so forth. So, uh, so just some things to consider there. Now, this is interesting. So, so, so that they, they accepted Paul and they accepted the fact that he was called to go to the Gentiles and that they would go to the circumcision, the Jews. And uh, only verse number 10, I like this. So these guys were the pillars, the three pillars, Peter, James, and John. These are the ones that the old early church would bounce everything off of, make sure things were done right. In fact, when when uh, the laymen would go out and start churches because of persecution, it says that the apostles stayed there in Jerusalem. And these were guys, what they would do is they'd go out and they would authenticate the churches. Peter would go visit, and these guys would go be a part of it. James, of course, was, uh, many believe he was the pastor there in Jerusalem. But, uh, but these three were very key. And so they, they uh, perceived the grace was given to Paul, this message of grace, and extended the right hand of fellowship. And, uh, and so they said, okay, here are the differences. Paul, you're going to the heathen. We're going to circumcision. But verse number 10 says these are, this is what's going to be the same. Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. So they're saying, okay, you go to the heathen. And we'll go to the circumcised, but let's uh, let's make sure that in in this whole process we both remember the poor and all this. Uh, I like what James said: um, pure religion undefiled before God and the Father is this. And he ta- talks about uh, caring for the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, in their time of need. Uh, what was he saying? That's that's the heart of God: the poor, the uh, and, and so forth. Jesus said in his earthly ministry, "The poor you'll always have with you." So let's make sure we don't forget them along the way. Uh, I want to stop there before I get into this next part. He's going to talk about the contention he had with Peter. But, um, but I think it's very important to see that though they both had, they had a different mission, they had the same God. They're on a different journey, uh, uh, but, uh, but they were going to still be brothers in Christ and had the same focus, which was Christ, and an emphasis on the poor. And uh, I, I just think it's kind of a... Yeah, again, an interesting passage. We're kind of going through this little by little, but uh, perceive that grace was given to them. By the way, do people perceive that the gospel of grace was given to you? Uh, not in the same way it was trusted to Paul, but all of us, we are saved by grace. Do others see that grace in you? Do others perceive it, know it by experience? Or is it just word profession anyway? Uh, uh, is it just... Um, uh, lip service, so to speak. You tell everybody, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Uh, you shouldn't have to announce it. They should be able to perceive it. And there's a wonderful challenge for today as we look at this. Do others perceive it? Hey, when they perceive it, other believers are going to want to give you the right hand of fellowship. And the lost are going to look and say, yep, there's definitely something different there. And uh, and to the, to the glory of God. I like uh, what we looked at, I think it was uh, yesterday or the day before, where it says... Um, um, let's see here. Uh, I guess is the last verse in chapter one, where it says, "And they glorified God in me." And I know that's my desire. I hope that's your desire as well. That God would be glorified in you, and that others will praise God when they hear your testimony. Appreciate you, folks. Thanks for joining me today, and uh, we'll see you here next time. God bless.